happy birthday to you. I don't know why you're dressed like that. <laughs> you took this joke a little too far, Aaron. I can't remember who was telling me. I think it was Sensitig. It was like, you should dress up like Marilyn Monroe and sing happy birthday to Justin. You're 40. And here you, I'm 40 today. Look at you. This is how I'm spending my, People are going to ask me, how'd you spend your 40th birthday? Well, Aaron had a busy schedule, so I had to get up early, drive all the way out Aaron to his house. Aaron had a busy schedule. You know what's funny about that, Pastor? <laughs> you know what's funny about that? Is I've been sitting in this spot for 20 23 <laughs> and a half hours doing this. Like, nope, not here yet. I, tweak, tweak. No, not Stood yet. you up yesterday. <laughs> you did. I apologize. We call that a no-call, no-show. I got confused by the President's Day. The kids were home. It felt like a Sunday. <laughs> and so, like, Tuesday the, morning, I did not drive out here. Here's my and favorite. you didn't text or anything. I know, because I sometimes I think, you know, to myself, I'm like, well, he is a pastor. He does have serious okay. responsibilities. And I thought... If he's a no-call, no-show, there's a really good reason for it. And turns out, there was not a good reason for it at all. No. Here's my favorite part. You know, we, we do staff meetings, right? On what day? Tuesdays. Right. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> it didn't occur to you. At any point on <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> but during the staff meeting, you kept going, uh, yeah, yesterday, you know, at, at worship, uh, yesterday. And we talked to that guy yesterday, and we did that yesterday. And I was like... Well, yesterday was Monday. I was off there on. Well, and my wife was sick on Sunday and Monday, so like that throws that that, day that out threw of everything off. And how dare she? I know. Like she's the nurse; she's supposed to take care of us all. Is it possible that as you approached your fortieth birthday, which is today, by the way, that your memory just—that's it? Oh, it's yeah. This could be that. I'm on the downhill slope. Big time. Yep. Things hurt when I wake up. I forget things. I almost put my vitamins in the fridge this morning. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, I got out my cereal, and instead of putting the milk back in the fridge, <laughs> I, put your, I was putting my vitamins back in the fridge. I was like, oh, wait. I was like, hey, welcome to 40. This is 40. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. How's it feel? Uh, you know, um, I, I, I've said this, so if you already heard this, so well. <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually excited for 40. Hmm? I feel like um, as a pastor, uh, when you're in your 30s, it's still, <clears throat> you seem, Ill, you, you just don't seem legitimate yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, you're a pastor. Oh, you're in your 30s. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like once you say like, yeah, I'm in my 40s, like people are like, oh, okay. Like he's been around. He, he's got a little wisdom to share. Yeah, like I, I do feel like it's a, it's a legitimizing number if that's a word. Yeah, for pastors, you can make things up in your yeah. in your old age. So I, interestingly enough, I was having I was overhearing a conversation sitting in Sarah's office <clears throat> yesterday afternoon, getting ready to go out and do stuff, and she was taking a call with this uh, this coworker of hers, and uh, she was talking about. Somehow she it got to you. He asked about me. Anyway, we were talking about how it was your 40th birthday coming mm -hmm. up. And he's like, I got a lot of questions. 
I got a lot of questions about your church. He's Jewish, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got a lot of questions about your church. Your pastor's turning 40? He goes, that doesn't seem like... Yeah. Aren't they supposed to be older? <laughs> That's what he said. Right. So it's so funny you mentioned that because... It, it's, a, it's a thing. Yeah. You know, like, it's crazy. I'm missing... Every, every year there's a conference in Phoenix mm-hmm. where like 2,500 Lutheran pastors, teachers, you know, principals get together. And I always love to go down and see everybody. And it's so funny because people will, will be like, oh, how's Grace Hill doing? And I'll be like, oh, we're doing, you know, this much, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're doing well. And, and they always ask the, the two questions, you know, like, how many do you worship? Right. You know, like, and, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you answer <laughs> it and they're like, oh, wow, you're doing great. And they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, 39? Thir- they're like, oh, man. Pretty soon you'll start getting some senior pastor calls for that, you know, like if you're growing a church like that. But you got to get 40, you know, like. And all I'm like, first off, I'm fine. Like, why would I go anywhere? So interesting. Did you not hear how we're, we're yeah, doing? Everything's like, fine. We're doing, we're doing great. Yeah. Like, I'm doing great. Like, but yeah, like even there, like they're like, well, once you get a little older, some other churches will want you. Right. And it's like, yeah, like a legitimate church. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, um, but but it is. It's kind of a number for pastors. Like um, hmm. we were talking to our friends Frohearts, hmm. and she was saying that she was talking to a friend, and said something about um, was talking about me, and was like, and he's tur- turning forty, you know, and hmm. and her friend was like, oh, he's not even forty, like he's so young. You know, and she was like, I felt like I had to defend you. I like, know. <laughs> no, no, he's just wise beyond his years. <laughs> right. Well, and then you have the opposite side. Last Wednesday, I was with the middle schoolers, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey guys, next Wednesday when we get together, it's my 40th birthday." And literally, immediately out of one of their mouths, they go, "You're only 40?" Oh, oh, that's what they said. Oh yeah, and the others were like, "I thought you were like 50. Look at your hair. You're all white." And I was like, "You know, kids, this is why I spend time with you. <laughs> like, thank you. Thanks for the hum- the humbling <laughs> experience." Yes. And then I'm on the other side. I'm like, you know. I'm young still, guys. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a young 40. Like, yeah. I know a lot of 40-year-olds who are, like, pretty rough, yeah. rough shape. Well, and I, I think the other part of it for me is a lot of, you know, me and Joe's closest friends here are older than us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're 50, and I don't consider you, you know, like, I think when I was a kid, 50 seemed like death. You it know? does. It's like... But now, like, we have all these friends that are yeah. 50s, and we're like, and they're young and vital and, you know, like... So I, I'm not that bothered Young, by the age. Vital. I think more for me, it's just immature. Well, that too. That's why I don't seem 50. <laughs> yeah. You, like, there's you've no not way let, that guy's 50. You've not let go of that childish humor. It's the tight pants <laughs> and the immature. <laughs> <laughs> like, no way that guy's 50. He's really trying not to be 50. Yeah. I got to give me a flat build cap. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That'd have to be a big one. What's that supposed to mean? To cover that forehead. I know. <laughs> See, you've got the middle schoolers, and I've got you. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I bring that for you. Yes, you do. Uh, also, a very happy birthday to Jason Flippin. Yes. Today. Mr. <gasps> Mr. F- flip, flip the uh, room. Flip the room. Flip the... That's right. Also, a very happy birthday to... Let's just keep it going, shall we? Is there another? It, yeah, it is. Uh, Do you need your readers? He's looking at his phone. He's 
trying to read something. You know who I think? I think it is, it might be Jen Knight's mom's birthday. Let's just keep it going, shall we? Who okay. else? Who else can we throw in the mix? I don't know. Yeah. Jensen's birthday was Sunday. Jensen yeah. Collie. Yeah, there, there's actually a bunch of birthdays yeah. right around now. Because uh, I had, like, when I walked out of church on Sunday, you know, we we said that it was my birthday this week. I, I had at least a dozen people that came up and were like, "I'm tomorrow," or "I'm yesterday," right. or I'm, "Yeah." I also have a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine also happens once a year. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan Geiger, he uh he fooled us pretty well. His birthday was uh February seventh. Oh. And it occurred yeah. to me a week later, I was like, Yeah. Was it your birthday last week? He's like, Yeah. And I'm like, ah, he, you he told me that day because it was Peyton, my daughter's birthday. Oh, that's that right. Day. And he said I share a birthday with there her. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. How about that? Yeah. Lots of birthdays. It must be. And you have one. Well, yeah, but not, I mean, I do have a birthday. Yeah. yeah. It's not today. Everyone. Everybody has one. I was trying to think like so many birthdays in February. What was happening nine months ago? In the it? calendar year. Not right. it's not actually nine months ago, but I mean, nine months ago must have been, it just must have been a <laughs> it's just baby time. making season. I don't know. I guess. Are we going to get any HR involved here? <laughs> No. Kind of like our staff meeting yesterday. <laughs> Why are you making that face? What do you mean during our staff meeting? What's that supposed to mean? Oh, you mean our Bible study? Yes. Yes, we were discussing, we were talking about the Word. Yeah. We, were, we were discussing the Word of God. So uh, the staff <laughs> is reading through the Old Testament, like we're encouraging everybody to do. Yeah. And we're in the middle of Leviticus, which is, and I will, I will as your pastor, attest... <laughs> It's a it's a tough read. It is a t- <laughs> it is a tough read because I I read it and I'm like, God, why do you care? Like, you know, pour out the blood and sprinkle it on the north side of the altar, and then pour the rest of the blood here, and then wear this color, not yeah. that color. And when you yeah change your undergarments to these, when you toss out the ashes, yeah. did you have a baby you, girl or a baby boy? Right, and it's a we're talking about a week. A yeah. week's difference here. Yeah, there was just all. Oh, these... and also, and then Aaron decided do to... not have sex with your mother. She's your mother, <laughs> <laughs> or animals. So yeah, animals. so so what we do at staff is we look at the the readings for the last week, mm-hmm. and we you know just talk about what's out to us. And Brady and myself tried to you know pull out some some little nuggets that would you know kind of. Help the group, like, hey, sure. I pulled this out. <laughs> Aaron found every inappropriate thing that was in there to bring up. It wasn't just about inappropriate. It was, <laughs> if, are you telling me there are inappropriate things in the Bible? There's inappropriate conversations for a, a mixed group of genders at a staff meeting. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> I, listen, I had questions, okay? <laughs> I had questions. Did you not have questions? I had. Your wife had questions. You said you had, your wife yeah, had questions, we, and you're having yeah. to like go deeper into like yeah. different studies because like just some of it is. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I, so yeah, I was like, male discharge. Like, what, oh, what are we? Stop. What don't? What are we say doing it. with? It? <laughs> Come on. So if you haven't read Leviticus, it's a barn burner. I invite you to read along. And then Aaron's ready to answer your questions. 
Well, I'm ready to I'm ready to ask questions based on your questions. Mm-hmm. Like discharge out of where? <sighs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> like out of your ears, out of your nose. That is not no. out of your armpits. <laughs> what are we talking about? No. No? No. No. We You know what the word is. <laughs> you know what he's talking about. <laughs> We've already discussed this. Happy birthday! <laughs> you know what's almost as fun of a topic as male discharge? What? Money. Hey, I bet people would rather hear us talk about money than we that. We talk about money and giving? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> because this last Sunday, you're talking about... Yeah. And yeah, you know, like you go through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about everything. He starts with that that conversation of like, hey... I'm after your heart, not your actions. You know, I'm not after behavior modification. I'm after changing your heart and letting that change and shape you. And then he gets into different topics. And, and this last week, he got into money. And, you know, as much as <clears throat> my opening point, I think, is really important. As much as people are like, ah, I hate it when church talks about money. I don't like it. You know, like they just are after my money. But the, the biggest point that I, I made was this. Um, for 2,000 years, <laughs> one of the top stressors in life for every human being mm-hmm. is money. Mm-hmm. And even today, when, you know, sociologists or, or psychiatrists or anybody, you know, kind of pulls and, and looks at things, one of the top three stressors in life is still money. <clears throat> not having enough or mm-hmm. what do I do with it or how do I, you know, handle it or mm-hmm. how, you know, how do I get more of it or, you know, like how that, do I man, how do I manage it? How do, how do I, I manage like, it? How do I, what moves should I make with it? Am I right. going to, am I going to have enough of it? Right. When am I, I retire, gonna, am, I, am right. I going to retire? Am I going to be able to this retire? This is one of the biggest stressors in life. Yeah. And so of course Jesus is going to talk about it because Jesus talks about everything. And if we as a church don't talk about the things that Jesus talks about, we're failing. Yeah. And if we don't talk about the things that actually impact your real life, then we're failing. And so we're going to talk about real stuff that impacts your real life. And money is a huge part of our life. It's a huge part. And so, yeah, we, we talked about it. Because I had um, a few people come up to me like, they're like, uh, are, are we doing okay? Or are we hurting around here? Seems like Pastor's talking about money an awful lot. No, you didn't. <laughs> Immature, remember? I talk about money like maybe three or four times a year. Not like, even that much. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Depends on how depends on <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Depends on how bad we're hurting. Yeah. Depends yeah. on whether or not I need a new guitar. Right. No. <laughs> but it was interesting. Like I looked up some of the stats and I, I didn't share them on Sunday, <clears throat> but like the average American is in uh, six thousand dollars of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. The the average American is two paychecks away from bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the average American has like, I, I think when you're like looking at houses, I forget the term, but it's like how much debt do they have? Like as a, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and like the average American is what their, it's what their net worth is, and right, the average American is like a hundred thousand dollars <throat> in debt, mm-hmm. like if you're looking at their houses and stuff like that. And it's just, it's unreal, you know? Hmm. And so the the biggest point we wanted to make was like, look, God's not after your bank account here. He's not, this is not a sermon about, you know, give to the church. This is a sermon about like, what are you doing with your money? Yeah. 
And are you doing something that pleases God? Are you doing something that benefits you even? Mm -hmm. Or are you doing... Oh, let me turn that off. Um, Are you doing... uh, Are you um, just doing things for yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, that that are actually hurting you and not glorifying God in any way? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, so yeah, we got into it. And and I acknowledge, like, there's all kinds of people that when it comes to giving... Um, there's some people that don't give at all. There's some people that give to get, you know, like if I give to God and, and if I serve God, he'll owe me. Joel know? Osteen. Joel Osteen is a massive one with that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then there's people that, you know, and I think the hardest one is the people that give, but it's all obligation. There's no heart in it. You know, they, it's out of duty and it's out of, um, <clears throat> begrudging, you know? Yeah. You, the way that you, oh gosh, the, I loved the way that you Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. Like, you know, you buy some, something for somebody and it's almost like an obligation and there's not joyfulness in the giving. It's like, here, I got this for you. Take it like that. Nobody wants to receive a gift from somebody who really doesn't want to give it to you. Right. Yeah. I like that. Gets some laughs too. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, that's that's one of the things we try and do with our kids at Christmas is we make sure that they give gifts, too. So we'll take them to the dollar store, like, mm-hmm. the week before Christmas, and we'll have them pick out something for everyone. Because, you know, we don't want our kids to just get the mindset of Christmas is all about I get, I get, I get, I get. We want them to start learning the art of giving gifts, yeah. you know, and getting the joy of giving gifts. And then sometimes, yeah, they're more excited about handing out their gift to somebody than they are receiving a gift. Yeah. And that's the point. And God's trying to do the same thing because you're his kid. God's like, I want your heart to be a heart of giving. Hmm. Like, not a not a taker, a giver. And so, like, because that's the thing. Does God need your money? No. But God wants your heart to give. Mm-hmm. He wants you to have a generous heart. That says, "Hey, I've I've been given this stuff, and I want to I want to I want to help other people. I want to yeah. bless other people. Yeah. I want to say I love you to other people through this, you yeah. know. And so <clears throat> that's what God's after is a cheerful giver, someone that 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 truly enjoys giving back to God and thanking Him and giving to others and thank and and, and serving them. Yeah. Um. And so the the three big points that came out of the sermon. The first one was we don't we don't give for ourselves." And, and that's a really tricky one because the Bible verse was talking about, um, you know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Don't give for a reward. Don't sound a trumpet before you as you, you know, yeah, which is, which is so much our culture today, you know, of just, you know, well, if I'm going to give a gift, I want to be recognized, get, cut one of those big checks and, you know, put me on the put me on the website and, you know, have everyone applaud for me. And, yeah. you know, who, who's the guy that just writes the check and goes, I don't, I don't care. I don't want any of that. I just want to give this to you. Yeah. You know, like that's the heart. Like you don't, you don't do it for giving. And yeah, they used to sound trumpets as they would, you know, the rich as they would come into church, you know, they would, they would watch me give my gifts to the Lord. You know, everybody be like, wow. It's probably a lot easier to do that back then. Right. You know, without any kind of digital currency. Yeah. You know, or checks uh-huh. or <laughs> like a big bag of gold. Uh huh. <gasps> yeah. P- 
put it into the offering basket one by one. Clink. 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 You guys, well, it's gonna, we're going to be mean, here a while. I'm so glad we're done with the whole <clears throat> passing the offering basket around thing. And I know there's churches that still do that. Sure. I'm so nothing, glad we don't Nothing do wrong with it. Well, uh, I, I do think it, it, A, it's incredibly uncomfortable for guests. Because you feel an obligation to put something in the plate. And I think it's incredibly uncomfortable for, like, if you give online. To, like, be like... Yeah. You know, like, you almost feel like... I know that there's churches that make cards that say, I give online, so that you have something to put, to put in, in there. there. Right. Because there's this, like... <clears throat> you feel like everyone's watching you, and it's like, yep. how much did you put in? Oh, did he just put a five in? That's yeah. it? Like, I, I saw him... I saw his car. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> like, he drove up in. I saw him open his wallet, and he's got a 20 there, and he only put the five in, you know? like. <laughs> You know? Did you ever see that? There's a that made me think of. Uh, this is back. I can't remember. Maybe a several years ago when Trump was at the church service, and they were passing around the collection plate. You know. Yeah. And he just pulls out this stack of bills. He's like, <laughs> just puts it. I mean, yeah. What's that to him? Nothing and then he made change out of it. <laughs> He's like, uh, <laughs> actually, I. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Yeah, but no, but, it, is, it is an uncomfortable thing for sure. And and yeah. I the if there's if there has to be guilt associated with it, then yeah, then what? Then it defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose. And so, like, I like how we do it. It's just like as you leave, it's over there. or you know, online or text or whatever yeah. it is. Like, just and it's, it's not between just you and God, and it's not just money. Right, it's not just money. Not everybody is blessed with wealth, and so and, and yeah, when God not, talks not, about a heart, let me back up. That, that's not what I meant to say. Not everybody is in a situation where they feel like they're able to give monetary gifts. Sure. But there are all kinds of, of ways to, to, to give. Um, time, talents, time, talents, and resources. Yeah. That, that God, you know, there are certain seasons where you might not be able to financially um, be as generous as you want to be because, hmm. you know, you have an obligation to get out of debt or you have an obligation to do something like that. I don't think it's ever healthy to say, we can't give it give all. Give anything, yeah. Because I think that's part of what God... I mean, as we're reading through the book of Leviticus, you know, in our, it's clear, like, God, God is serious about tithing. He is serious about giving back to Him, yeah. of recognizing, I gave you Sa- all this. Sacrifice. Of sacrifice, yeah. yeah. Um, cause yeah, there's a lot of people that are like, well, you know, when you take out, you know, I get my check, but then you take out my taxes, you take out my house, you take out my car, yeah. you take out my kids activities, <clears throat> you take out, you know, food, you take out this, you take out this, you take out our, our monthly date night, Healthcare. you take out our, you know, like, and guys going, what? are are you saying I'm after all those things? Yeah. Like, you know, so I, I do think there, that God does say, you know, I should be a priority. You, there should be a recognition that I'm the one who blessed you with your ability to have a job. Yeah. I'm the one that, I'm the one that makes sure that you don't get in a car accident tomorrow, and you don't have thousands of dollars of bills. You know, like, yeah. and, and like, it, there's a recognition of like, hey, God, you've blessed me with this, and I'm gonna give back to you. Yeah. Um, first. First. Yeah. First fruits. First fruits. Um, but the first point that Jesus makes out of it is, we don't give for ourselves. It's not about how you feel while you give, because mm-hmm. that is a dangerous, dangerous, slippery slope. And for a lot of people, they don't get that. They, 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 they say that, and they don't understand the slippery slope of, like, chasing feelings. You know, 
But but it can be like, you know, well, I serve here because it makes me feel good, and I give this money because it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, but that's not that's serving you. That's not the point. Yeah. That's filling some fulfilling something for you. Mm-hmm. That's not why we do it. And it's okay to feel good about it. And, and and I made that point. Yes, it makes you feel good, but that can't be your motivation for doing. It's it. not your motivation, right? Right. Because it's like it's like uh, on going on mission trips, and you referred to that. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, your your mission trip at the Dominican. Um, you don't go because you're like, this is going to make me look good. This is going to make me feel good. Right. You, you go like, no, these people need help. You know. Yeah. And then. One of the outcomes is you like, absolutely receiving joy. It's impossible. As you, to, should, yeah. you, know? you leave being filled up, but that's not why you. Go. That's not the motivation. Because it'll change your motivation, or right. it'll change your action yes. on that trip. Yeah. If you're going down there, going, I just want to be filled up. Mm-hmm. I want to be. I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel joy. Like it's going to change. It's going to change how you act on that trip. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you go down there going, I'm just here to serve. I'm here to sacrifice. I'm here to put somebody else above myself. Then when you leave, you go, oh, wow. That felt good putting me second. Yeah. Because the other way, you're going down there and you're still putting you first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm down here for me. And, and, and guy goes, look, that's not, that's not how we serve. And that's not how we give. It's not about us. Um, and then the second point he makes is that you can't have two masters. You can't serve both God and money. And as crazy as it is, the, the second point was, like, money makes a terrible God. And people are like, I don't make money a God. And, and I think that's a, a tricky one because a lot of us do. Yeah. Uh, the, what role is God supposed to have in our life? He's supposed to be our hope. He's supposed to be our trust. He's supposed to be our joy. He's supposed to be our purpose and our identity, you know? And money can become all those things. Mm-hmm. We can put our trust in money. There is no doubt that there is a certain number in your bank account that when you see everything above that number, you feel safe. Mm-hmm. You feel like, I trust my money. No matter what comes, I'm good. Yeah. That's my, trust. That's, that's where my security is coming from. Right. That's, that's where I feel that's where my comfort comes from. Right. That's where my peace comes from. Right. Is that number. I feel safe. That number plus anything else, I feel safe. Yeah. And that, that is putting money in the seat that God is supposed and, and to have. And joy. I feel happy. Right. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> having new stuff. I mean, that's a huge one. And I talked about that. It, it is intoxicating to have new stuff. Your rental car? Yes. The, I mean, <clears throat> like just to, to, there is something crazy about, it's not just like I enjoy something new. I feel different about me when I have something yeah. new. I feel like I'm more significant yeah. when I have something new. And it's still me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I'm driving in a, a brand new car, I feel more significant. When I'm wearing brand new clothes, I feel more significant. When I'm, you know, I don't know, uh, eating at a fancy restaurant versus, you know, eating at Wendy's. When you get your hair cut. When you get your like, hair cut, like, yeah. It, like little things, sure. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you feel more significant. Yeah. And God's saying, like, money is a tricky, tricky thing, and it can become your God. Yeah. That you put your hope, you put your joy, you put your trust in that, um, and you can make your life all about it, about getting more of it, of securing it, um, you know? And, the pursuit, and the pursuit, the, the pursuit. pursuit. And you can make your, your family about it. Yeah. And I talked about that. There's a lot of men that fall into this <clears> trap <throat> because, once again... 
being the provider of your family is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But we can take good things and make them God things. And what I mean by that is this. We, we can take something that's good, being the provider, and we can make that our God. Like, hey, look, I'm doing all that I'm supposed to do. I'm putting food on the table. I'm, you know, uh, my kids are in activities. My house, my car, my, like I'm providing for my family. I'm doing everything. And God goes, actually, the number one thing I want for you um, to do for your family is connect them to me, mm-hmm. not provide. That's on the list. That's not number one. Yeah. But we can, we can make money our God. Like I'm serving them in this way. I'm giving them all they need. And God's like, oh, careful now. That's not all they need. Mm-hmm. They need me. Because all that money can go away, and they're still your family, and they still, they still need me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we can make money our God. And money makes a terrible God. Because it will fail you. Mm. And it will not continue to, to sustain you and fulfill you and, and give you trust and give you hope and give you joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and God can. What's then, the divorce rate of billionaires, do you think? Oh, it's high. Well, or, or take what is the, uh, the suicide rate of uh, lottery winners. That's yeah. unbelievable. Because everybody thinks, man, if I won the lotto, and they have a suicide rate higher than the national population. Yeah. After they win the lottery. Yeah. Yeah, broken, destitute. Um, you, uh, oh gosh, it just came, you just... This says something that made me think of, of, of something in your message. It's gone now, unfortunately. Well, I'll keep going then. The third point was um, that you don't, you don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. You lay up treasures in heaven. That, and um, Because he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. And when you make your treasure all of your stuff, you know, and we talked about like a hundred years from now, there's not a single thing you own that isn't going to be in a landfill or in a box in someone's attic. And your house, somebody else is going to live in it. Your your car is going to be melted down. Your you know, like it's just none of this stuff goes with you. None of this stuff matters. Um, and we can make our treasure all of these things. And yet, God says our treasure is to be other people. Mm-hmm. The one treasure that we can take with us other people and so that's why we invest in all that we invest in that's why we are generous is i want to see more people come to jesus i want to see more people in heaven i want to i want to use my time talents and resources in a way that allows more people to be in heaven Um, my family my friends my neighbors and so that's why we're gonna sacrifice that's why we're gonna give um and, and that's why, you know, at our church, we're, we're not, you know, as, as our focused campaign is done, Dream Big is not done because we're going to keep dreaming big. Yeah. And this church has so many more things that it could do. Um, and so we're going to keep being generous to keep doing what we're called to do, adding new staff, starting new ministries, finishing out this building, starting a new church, adding more opportunities for, you know, um, people to get help with their marriage and, and their, their, um, their losses and the hungry and the poor and the widows and the, you know, counseling and all these things. We're going to invest in all these things so that more people are in heaven. Yeah. That's our, that's our treasure. Um, and, 
and it's so silly. I made the hotel analogy um, about how much we focus on the here and now. You know, and I talked about, you know, going and staying in a hotel for three days and renovating the room <laughs> while you're there. Yes. <laughs> like the front desk being like, that's great. But, you know, like you're only here three days. You know, it's the same thing. Like we, we spend so much time and energy on this temporary life. And we, we very rarely think about the forever to come. Yeah. And the forever to come is more important because I, when we get to the other side, all we're going to care about is who's there and who's not. Yeah. And yet we care about a lot of other things on this side. I think it's, you know, you think about, uh, you know, why, why God allows us a, another day. You know, you wake up and you're like, Whew, yeah, here I am. Okay, yeah. well, let, let's see what's on my list, what's on my schedule, what's my to-dos, what do I have, what do I have that's, um, that's important, pressing, that's causing me anxiety, that's, that I need to be thinking about, preparing for, am I prepared, am I ready? You know, I've got this meeting, I've got that meeting, do I know what I'm doing? Um, I've got a presentation, I've got um, a surgery, then I've got, a, you know, like I've got 20 surgeries lined up here for the rest of the week, you know, like all these things. And God's saying, no, I, I gave you another day so that you can advance my cause and, um, impact those around you, you know, mm-hmm. those who I put, those who I put in your life, um, in a way that, uh, on the last day that they're alongside of you. Right. Um, it's tough. That's a tough balance. You know, we were, we were talking about, um, the difference between church workers and just like people that work in the, <laughs> in the regular world. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we wake up, like that's our job. That's what we do. It's easy for us that like, that's our focus, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but God has, uh, purpose and, um, opportunities that, that he's laying out in front of everybody, no matter what your vocation is, no matter what your job is. Um, if you're a stay at home mom or dad, or if you're, um, you know, if, if, even if you work, like if you're, if you just, if you work from home and you write computer code, like there's purpose for you, for his sake, to glorify him, to advance his cause and, uh, and to give people like that kind of mentality with how do they use their time, talents and, and resources, um, to, uh, to, to bring that about. That's, I think that's a tricky balance. I don't know if you ever feel like you get isolated and thinking about, okay, like this is what we need to be doing. Um, and forget that not everybody's in the same in the same vocation, well, and, the same and, world. And yeah, so to, to piggyback off that, I mean, in no way, shape, or form am I saying sell everything you have, uh, give all the money to the church, and you know, go be a missionary. That's not everyone's calling. Mm-hmm. God blesses us with what we have so that we can provide for our family, so that we can go on a vacation, so that we can buy new clothes, so that we can do all these things. But what he is saying is, don't let that be the only thing you do with your money because there ought to be a part of your heart that says, I want to, I also want to help others. And, and the story I told to kind of make it personal for us was, um, when I went to the Dominican Yeah. and you know, I'm standing there and I'm, I'm seeing a, a handicapped child, you know, um, he was probably, I don't know, 12, you know, and he's in a bed and, and, um, and it was hard to see, you know, like, and, and, uh, you know, my dad saying, you know, we've been blessed so that we can bless others. Yeah. Like, 
that doesn't mean that like I can't go to basketball camp that summer because we have to spend every dime on you know like but it means Bobby Knight. I did. I would go to Bobby Knight basketball camp, um, but we we would we would make sure that we would find a way to be generous because if we were in if the if the roles were reversed and I was in that boy's life and he was in mine because there's no reason I couldn't have been born him and he couldn't have been born right. me. Like, what would I want someone to do for me? And the the one that I always go back to, and I've said this a, a billion times, but uh, although the health organizations, hunger organizations in the world got together and they they, they said, how, how much would it cost to end hunger, to feed the world? Mm-hmm. And this was years ago, so I don't know what it would be today. But they, they figured out that it would be like $20 billion, which is amazing that we can send $60 billion every week to Ukraine, but we can't pay $20 billion to feed the world. But, uh, oh, shouldn't get into politics. Oof, but, wow. Um, on your birthday. You can do but, whatever you want to do on your birthday. Uh, they, they said like $20 billion a year to feed the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's a lot. But that's what Americans alone spend on ice cream a year. And it's like, it's very possible. If we actually had a, a, a mindset of generosity, mm-hmm. a heart towards generosity, and said, you know what? All that I have is not just for me. Mm-hmm. I want to take care of those that are less fortunate. I want to help. Um, and, and God throws out that, that tithe number, 10%. It's from the Old Testament that if we would just take 10% of, and, and I'm a firm believer in God designed it and he knows how it works. I truly believe that if every single person on earth tithed, all of our, everything that we would ever need would be funded. There'd be enough money for mental health in this country for people to get the, the treatment they need. There'd be enough organizations paying to, to being bring people off the street. I mean, you go down and you talk to these organizations and what do they need? More money, more staff, more, you know, this. I I truly believe if every person tithed, gave 10% Mm -hmm. off the first fruits, off the the beginning, I believe God designed it in a way that that is all that is needed to take care of the needs of the world. And yet we know that the, I think it's the majority of Americans give less than 1% to charity. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, that's what God's after. Yeah. Hey, take care of yourself. I've given you this to, to do these things mm-hmm. and not to have no fun and anything like that, but also have a heart for being generous to help others. And I think it would be incredible to see what would happen. And when we talk about sitting on a hill, well, let's be first. Yeah. Let's, let's live our lives in such a way not to make much of ourselves, not to applaud ourselves, not to look at us and we're not going to do that. We're never going to post how much money we give away or anything like that. Like, but let's live a life that, that we can be generous and we can do incredible things, which we do already. Grace Hill serves and gives in such an incredible manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, we don't do it for us. We do it because that's what we're called to do. And we, we <clears throat> see the impact it makes. And it's, that's intoxicating it is. to see the impact we get yeah. to make and go, man, I want to do that again. Yeah. I want to do that. I want to help again. I want to serve that way again. I want to see more be impacted by that. Um, and hopefully that becomes something contagious to the rest of the, you know, to our friends when they're like, where are you going this Saturday? I'm going to build beds for kids that don't have beds. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to do that. Our family ought to do that. Yeah, we got a spot. Come on. You know, like, it's just little things like that, that God says, like, I will give you the opportunity. Because once again, it's not our job to be a city on a hill. It's our job to follow God 
and God will make us a city on a hill. Mm. He will put us in the opportunity to be a city on a hill. We don't do it to look good. We do it to follow Jesus and Jesus will use it. And so, you know, just to be honest about, hey, we're, we're doing this. Yeah, that's what we're doing this yeah. weekend. Wow, that's great. I want to be a part of that. Boom. That's a city on a hill moment. And you don't do it to brag. You just do it to invite somebody else to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So speak, if you will, a little bit more specifically about the things that are happening at Grace Hill um, from the new building yeah. and, and why. Okay, so why yeah. are we building a building? Well, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it is a $12 million building. This is not a pledge drive, by the way. No. But just for... No, well, and I think that's important because some people would step back and be like, wow, $12 million building. That's a lot. You know, like you could do a lot with that. Yeah, you could do a lot with that. Um, And that's the point. We are going to do a lot with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, uh, we do not have room for our middle school youth. We have them sitting on floors. Um, Right now, we we don't have a dedicated space for, um, you know, like a, a nursery. And we'd like to have a nursery. Um, We need more kid space. We need more high school space. Um, We need more worship space. We're we're growing, and we have two services that are full. Um, And we need to make more space for people to hear about Jesus. Um, But also, when we have that building, that's going to allow us to do so much more ministry-wise than we can do now. Not to mention, we're going to be in that neighborhood. That's going to be an incredible spot to be. Um, we had a meeting about that yesterday of all the things that they're still hoping to do in, in, all around us. Um, and I think they said like within 60 to 90 days, we, we hopefully will hear at least a couple things that are going to happen. Um, and uh, to, to be able to have that space that we can use, that we have enough room to be able to um, kind of set up our headquarters, that we can, we can grow uh, at our voter meeting, you know, I talked about we're, we're at a point right now where it's it's getting a little tight. Like we would not do a, a massive like everyone bring a friend next week. Mm-hmm. We would have no room. Right. Um, and we need to be able to have that kind of a, a mindset. Um, and so it's going to be a launching point for us to be able to start new churches, you know, that will have the room to, to grow. Um, it also allows us to do ministries that we don't even have right now. Uh, summer camps and summer uh, VBS <coughs> type yeah. things. We don't want to do a VBS, but we we want to continue to build around our our city theme, you know, yeah. for kids and and youth. Um, it allows us to add more staff, uh, counselors, you know, uh, people that can help in multiple different ways. Uh, and so we're going to build this building, and it's going to allow our ministry to thrive. Um, our ministry is is doing very well right now. Um, but there are things that are on the back burner just because of constraints. Yeah. And so I think it's always good to, to push. It's always good to continue to challenge, to, to do more. Yeah. We don't grow for numbers sake. Um, I don't walk around talking about how many people we worship and, you know, only like, when asked at best practices. Well, and even then I love when I get, how many do you worship? Just one, Jesus. And I say it every time. <laughs> that's a great you know, answer. Like, yeah. it's, that's the only person we worship. Um, it's, it's good, like, <clears throat> if that's a good response that they've already told you how many they are. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the thing is, is um, 
Yo, I hate it when I see a church like post like, for the first time we worshipped 800 this week. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, is that, because all you're saying is that's what we care about, is a number. Yeah. Tell me all those people's names. Oh, you don't know. Well, then you're failing as a shepherd. Because that's how I look at myself. Yeah. There, there are people at Grace Hill that I still don't know. Well. Yeah. And I, I, so I don't look at the number and go, awesome. I look at the number and go, man, I, gotta, I don't know them. I got to get to know these people. I got to. And, and to your point. So again, uh, as, as a growing church, it's, it, it gets to a level of, of unsustainability for one person. Yeah. Uh, leading it to then know everybody at a personal level. And that's why we need to more be pastors. available for yep. people who are in need for, for um, who need counseling, who need yep. guidance, um, who need to be shepherded. And so, yeah, for pastors, for additional pastors, um, for counselors, for certain. I mean, what's your schedule like? Do you have Easy. any open? Can you take a <laughs> breath in your yeah. schedule? Like no, when you just good, no yeah. called, no showed yesterday, I was like, it's probably something important. It wasn't, but it, it could have been. It, I and was, and I it was at that is. Avenue One meeting. I know. I know. <laughs> Not important. <laughs> but uh, for uh, the church is growing for a reason. That's because people need to have their faith strengthened. They yeah. need to be around others um, in the same boat. They need to have their faith ignited. They need to return to their faith. Um, so, yeah, more people is good. Yeah. More people also requires more people. Yeah. More resources. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, building a building um, isn't for the sake of, look how awesome this place is. No. Um, it's, you know, we're filling this place with, with people who need Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to be a light to those people, a reflection of him, an extension of him. And having our own space like that will allow, allow for that. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't drove by the building lately, yes, we have to stop saying land because it's a building now. The steel is up. You can see the frame of it. It is pretty cool to yeah. see that happening. And they're, they're, this God is good because this winter is staying away. And so they're able to crank through because they build fluff into the winter because they don't know, know are we really going to be able to do much out there? Yeah, there was like, what, two weeks in January where there was nothing happening. It was negative. Not fit for man or beast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this this weather has been amazing and they've been cranking out there. So that's awesome. Yeah. Can we give a shout out to our contractor? Or no? Uh, yeah, Boyd Jones doing a great job. Boyd Jones doing a great job. BCDM, our architect. Working together well to... Jake from Boy Jones, he's our foreman. Yeah, my Jake. kids love that because they they're like Jake, Jake from, from Farm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're like Jake from Boy Jones because we'll, we we drive by the land, you know. Yeah, and a couple of times they've seen Jake out he's there. He's out there, yeah. And I'll be like, Hey, Jake, <laughs> and my kids are like Jake from. <laughs> it almost says <laughs> Jake from Boy Jones. You know, I don't think he knows the joke yet, but no, no, he'll get it someday. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it is a blessing um, but, to, to but serve like the community. You, to, you said the church. Like, yeah. we have more things we'd like to do. Yeah. You know, we talked about we've set aside money to plant a new church. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, why would you plant a new church? Because you can grow by addition or you can grow by multiplication, and multiplication is much better. And when you start something new, it mm-hmm. allows new people to come. And not to mention, just going back to you know, the more a church grows, the harder it is for... Um, for pastoral care on a, on a very personal level. Right. You know? And so if you have 
thousands upon thousands of people, you can, yeah, it's not necessarily sustainable. Um, and so, yeah, to start a new church, put a, a pastor down there, yeah. um, and we would we would keep this, you know, Grace Hill name. It would be Grace Hill, you know, North and South and whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you know, we we connect pastors to those people and and just you know try and try and keep going what we've seen um what we've seen work yeah like this this idea that we've come up with um of you know trying to build a family like god's blessing it and it it, it is it is showing that it's bearing fruit yeah and so yeah why would we start something radically different than that no we're just gonna take this and Put it over here. Yeah, just be faithful to, yeah. the, to the process. Um, can I sign up if we do ever do Grace Hill Bend, Oregon? Can I lead that one? Bend, Oregon? You want to go out there? Oh, Bend, Oregon. Have you never been to Bend, Oregon? I've never been to Oregon. Never been to Oregon? Oh, it's a no? beautiful state. So much to offer. Water, mountains, desert. Mm. I feel like that's a lot of places. Ocean and mountains. Okay, those are two things that we don't have here. Okay, well, yeah, we don't have that. Yeah. But we have lakes. <laughs> we do. <laughs> you live on one. Grace Hill Bend, Oregon. <laughs> sure, you can start that. <laughs> no, I think it's it's uh, it's a really fun season, you know, and, yeah. and for us to be ever mindful of, of the why, um, how it's come to be. Um, you, know, you look around that place and you see all the volunteers on a Sunday morning and what it takes yeah. um, for people's time <laughs> just to show up and yeah. serve in that way is 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 huge and is so important. Um, well, and I, I think we have to talk about our salaries are paid by by people's generosity. Yes, thank you very much. And and truly, mm-hmm. um, and, and this is how I talk about it at starting point. I say, look, there there are times that you come to church, you meet with somebody, or maybe even one of your friends. You can tell something's off. Marriage doesn't look good. They don't seem well. They, you know, something or there's been a tragedy and you're just like, what can I do? How can I help? You know, and they have the big questions. Why would God do this? And what, like, that's why we pull all our resources together. That's why I'm here is, is as crazy as it is. I mean, it's kind of a crazy concept. Mm -hmm. Like a bunch of people pull all their resources together and say, Hey, you, we pick you, we call you. Yeah. You come lead us and to challenge us, to, to teach us, to, to, to walk alongside us in our mountains and valleys. We need you to point us to Jesus and mm-hmm. to help us follow Jesus better. Yeah. And that's why I'm here. Right. But my, my complete salary comes from people's generosity. And I'm here to, when you're like, man, I don't know how to help. I do. I've been trained. I have yeah. a master's degree. To, to do this. And I have 14 years of experience to do this. You know, like I'll hop in when we have that tragedy. I'll hop in when that marriage is a mess. Yeah. I'll hop in when that person's going through some existential crisis of faith and, you know, all these things yeah. and I'll, I'll be here and, you know, and then we, we need somebody to lead us in worship because the truth is, you know, like somebody, uh, I was talking to kind of a newer person at church and they were like, you know, I, I, I do think it's weird. We sing at church. Like, you don't go anywhere else and sing. Like, it's kind of a weird concept. And I said, you know how I, I always think of it is like, if there's a husband and his wife is like, Hey, tell me how you feel about me. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of husbands would struggle there. They'd be like, well, I love you. Well, tell me more of what that means. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, you know, some great country song comes on Yeah, and he can be like, this is how I feel about you. 
You gave me the, like, I don't know the words. I don't know how to put it, but this, and I feel like um, that's our, worship is supposed to be our time to, to say back to God, thank you, to say, help me, to say, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say, I need you. I need you. Yeah. Like, and a lot of times we have a hard time of putting that into words where these God gifted musicians have crafted these songs, have tugged at our heartstrings, mm-hmm. can give us these words to give us these opportunities to say, God, this is, this is how I feel. Yeah. Um, and we need someone to lead that. We need someone to, to lead us in that. And so your role is just as important. Then we pull our resources together and say, yes, I need this. I need this opportunity to find these words because there are times where a song we will sing on Sunday and all week I'm humming it in my head. Right. Where it, it becomes almost like a, a my own personal daily prayer, prayer mm-hmm. like time of, of recognition of God. Mm-hmm. Where like I'm singing it out of my heart, like it's just in my head all day, you yeah. know. Like, um, and we need people to to do this for our youth. That's why we invest in our our youth person, mm-hmm. you know. Like, man, I don't know how to get through this kid. I don't know how to make him love Jesus. I don't know how to answer their questions. Boom, pull our resources together. Here we are. Yeah. And so, like, you know, our generosity is important, and and we sit here as um, as people that are that generosity allows us to do what God has given us the ability to do. Yeah. And so that's, and we need more people on staff to do that. Did you ever think that you would uh, end up in Omaha, Nebraska doing this? No. Growing up in South Florida? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No, I, I mean, there's no, I didn't want to be a pastor. Yeah. I had no desire to ever live in Nebraska. Yeah. Now, hear me. I love Omaha. I love oh, it's living awesome. here. Would you, would you, could you have ever known what it was like nope. to live here no. had you not been here? No. I mean, even when I had my interview, yeah, I was like, eh. mm. but it, once I got here, because uh, the second that was interview, the vibe I got too, by by the way, from you, I'm like, this guy thinks he's too good for Omaha. Oh, stop it! <laughs> but, but when I I came for my, so the second interview was in person, and I yeah. flew out here. Yeah. And now once I saw the city and, you know, drove around and Ryan Hahn picked me up at the airport and Matt mm-hmm. Reiser picked me up at the yeah. airport and they drove me around and showed me stuff and all. And I was like, oh, this is a city. This has everything. Yeah. Like, and that's what I, I love about Omaha. It has everything. It's a blessing to be here, isn't it? it? It's just not crazy. It's not in Atlanta where you can't get around or a Houston. Sure. And, you know, where. And, and there's work to be done here. Well, yeah. There's I mean, we, people you to know, be saved. Yeah. you have a you have a full like your dance card is full. Yeah. Because there's work to be done. Yeah. Um, and so it's not like it's not like it's easy. Like and there's, uh, there's all know. kinds of ministry. There's yeah. there's reaching out to the suburbs, and then there's serving downtown. There's you know mm-hmm. like you you can do everything. Here. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, I'll say have this. generous hearts. Yes, God is after your heart wallet. Oh. Sorry, that's what everybody thinks. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. Yeah. Yeah. What What are your eyes focused on today? Um, where's your head? What's What's on your mind? Um, what are you What are you looking to accomplish today? How can you give of your time, your talent, your resources first? How can you make him the priority today and right. every day? Yeah. And, and that's the craziest thing. The the Whatever day you listen to this, God has an opportunity in front of you to do something for him. Mm -hmm. Right now. 
And if you would just change your mindset to stop being so focused on only you, to open up and say, I'm here for a reason. I'm driving these kids around all day for a reason. I'm, I'm slaving over this project that has to get done by the end of the week for a reason. It, it puts everything else in perspective. Yep. So, Indeed. Hey, be a city on a hill. That's right. Your pastor told you so. Yeah. Amen to that, brother. I hope that you enjoy your 40th yeah. year. I'm going to be hanging out with the middle schoolers tonight. Yeah. How else would and you want to? taking you to a surprise lunch. Yeah. You still don't know where? I do know where. Oh, where are you? Well, we can tell. Where are you going? Uh, we're going to go to Charleston's. We haven't gone oh, to the... Oh, delicious. I love Charleston. The new one? Yeah. Is it open now? Isn't it? I. She said we're going. I'm sure, I'm sure it is. Okay. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Nice. I like that place. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. God bless you, buddy. God bless you guys. All right. See you.